Are you alive? I touch you. You quiver like a sea fish. I cover you with my net. What are you, banded one? <laughs> That's the second time I've heard that poem, and it still is just quite evocative. Yeah, I was trying say. to put some. I was trying to put some juice into the reading of it. Mm. So, hey everyone, welcome back to Solo Scene, the podcast where we imagine a beautiful, sustainable, tactile future, and where every week Aaron writes us a poem to summarize what we're going to be talking about that day, or to at least inspire thought. Correct. Most weeks I write us a poem. Let me say, this week I steal from or reference Hilda Doolittle, oh, okay. HD, a poet from the early 1900s, the modernist or imagist era, and that was her poem. Mm. And it's not really the most relevant to today's topic about the internet, but I set out to write a nice poem about the internet struggled for obvious reasons and so i thought this one which is ostensibly about poking some strange alien lo looking sea life in a rocky tidal pool but perhaps when i was reading the analysis might be really about anything from hilda's own pregnancy to self-reflection in said pool okay. um i just thought the the image of like poking some fish would be so scene. i suppose so this week we're going to be doing the long-awaited what I Internet in a Week podcast, inspired by the What I Eat in a Week vloggers, I suppose. You say so. I'm sure not everybody watches those or is interested in those, but they're a trend on the internet for years and years of people sharing what they eat every meal for a week. So we wanted to talk about what we, yeah, what we use the internet for. And we're not going to go day by day because... We're creatures of habit and pretty much do the same thing every day, I find. I just think that would be boring. It would also be boring. So we're going to try and spruce it up and make it a bit more interesting and be like, wow, oh. try and surprise people. Because yeah. I just think if we were like, so this day I searched for this and then I clicked on that. So we're not going to go into <laughs> yeah. like the, I think, the, the minutiae of everything. But we'll cover the broad strokes. And for people who don't know us, this will hopefully give you a, a pretty decent sketch of who we are mm -hmm. because everything we do is on the internet it's true so i'm gonna go first i broke mine down into an average of what i did in a day and let me tell you it was much more hours than i thought i spent on the internet mm. i thought my average would be like one to two hours a day of internet use sure because i don't work for the most part in a job that requires the internet most of my hobbies include sewing, gardening, mooching around town. Yeah, you general do mooch. mooching. Yeah. But let's get into it and I'll tell you what I do in a in a day. So I do about one hour of social media a day. What do you mean you do? I spend an hour on Instagram and texting apps like Discord, Facebook, Messenger, all of that stuff that you have to do. To communicate with people. I also was like looking in my week. Because you know how in your settings you can see what you did yeah, each day. Yeah, screen time. And I was like, why was Thursday like double the normal? And then I realized it was because it was my birthday. And I was getting messages from people. Oh. And therefore messaging people in a way that I don't normally. So that so kind of skewed mine. Alicia doesn't want people to wish her a happy birthday. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> No, I'm joking. It was very nice. So one hour of social media a day. I do volunteer for an organization where I'm the engagement officer or engagement lead. So I'm in charge of 
their social medias. So I think that skewed it a little bit because I really do feel like I spend about half an hour on my personal Instagram a day, but then I probably between messaging and doing work for them, it rounds up to about an hour. Doing what on your personal Instagram? Just scrolling. Scrolling what? Reels and posts. Of? I don't know what I get on there. A lot of fashion, a lot of spirituality, religion stuff, I find. It's just kind of whatever the algorithm feels like showing you that day. I broke down what I was doing into keep, rid, or mid. In the solo scene. In the solo scene. So for the social media, like my personal use, I would like to completely get rid of personal social media use because I don't, like it doesn't provide me any value. Mm -hmm. So that's my rid personal social media use. I'm going to continue the volunteer position because I like volunteering with this organization. This just happens to be what I I know and I'm kind of good at. And I'm sure in the future, Solocene will require some social networking in order to promote itself. So I'm not going to completely rid myself of that. The next thing along the same lines is I do about one hour of volunteer slash my other job using online. So I have another job and I do just like email stuff. So I'm on the internet for that. Some days and other days I'm doing more of this volunteer work, which requires research and stuff online. And can't really get rid of that. That's just my life. But in the solo scene, neither of those things would exist. AI will pick up the slack for people or like optimization? And we probably just will rely less on emails and rely less on virtual volunteer opportunities. Because in the solo scene, I imagine the volunteer group that I'm a part of is based in the UK, but there probably would just be one locally that I would do instead. The next section is I found I spent about half an hour of, this is in very strong air quotes, research online. So this might be looking into places to go and buy something, places to, like using Google Maps and stuff, because I use that a lot when I'm biking around looking up re- recipes, patterns, all that jazz. It's about half an hour. I don't know if I could cut that. What do you think? Is there like an alternative to that sort of thing? I think I don't know your wife. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do, but I don't want to cast judgment. Yeah. So I think I could probably cut down on that a bit. She's a Google Maps addict. I am. I use it pretty much every day. Just for fun. Genuinely. You're going to start playing GeoGuess around you. <laughs> no, but I... I use Google Maps quite a lot, so I feel like I could probably just reduce that and just go places and, like, however long it takes, it takes. Why? I don't know, because I'm obsessed with always being places, like, exactly on time. Yeah, but why would you want to reduce it? Just for the sake of reducing your screen time? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Just for reducing my reliance on the internet, because what if one day Google Maps just, like, evaporated Mm. and I don't have all the locations memorized in my head, now I can't get to the gluten-free bakery? Good point. What am I going to do? have to not not eat a gluten-free um, chocolate scene every morning. Yeah. Uh, my next segment is administration. So this is healthcare, <laughs> banking, emails, all that jazz. I spend about half an hour a day doing this. This also lumped in this week we were looking for apartments. Yep. So I lumped it into this of just like things you need to survive, be it finding a new apartment, applying for a health card, depositing checks at the bank like most of this stuff is done online and for me was about half an hour a day 
some day usually it was like one day would be like an hour and a half, one day would be zero, but it just equals out to about that. In the solo scene, I think the internet is a good place for these types of things if done correctly. But yeah. they should never be required. Yeah, I mean, I detest banks, but, and also bank websites just because they're terrible, but bank mm-hmm. websites don't have to be terrible. Like, it actually could be much easier. Like, for instance, you can deposit checks online. Yeah. It's like, there's just, you don't really get much texture out of life by just going to the ATM and throwing a check in there or going mm-hmm. to a tower. Let's say, I saw somebody this week on the bus reading and circling the, the classifieds. Really? Yeah. I would have assumed those don't exist. Well, he was, maybe it was a newspaper from 1987. I don't know, but it was, I just thought, you know what? I want to do this. That's good. I don't even know what classified is, but. Yeah. When I was in the cafe preparing for this episode, I remarked on what everyone was doing on their laptop screens. So I'm, I'm sorry that I was creeping. You're very nosy. But I just like, I was waiting for my coffee and I looked out and to my surprise, no one was doing the normal online shopping stuff like that that people normally do in a cafe. One guy was playing chess. This okay. is different from the one I told you about. Some, someone was playing chess on their computer. <laughs> someone else was doing a crossword on their computer. Right. And then when I sat down, I always sit at, there's like a no tech table at this cafe. Is specifically that? Yeah. It's supposed to be? Okay. There's like little signs that say no devices. And so I sat down and was doing this, but then the guy next to me was doing a crossword. Like a physical mm. crossword. So I was like, are crosswords coming back? I could definitely see crosswords yeah, coming back. because there were two people and there were only like four or five of us in the cafe doing crosswords. And so I was like, this is made me feel optimistic about society. Well, we tried to do a crossword a few weeks ago, remember? Yeah, we're really not good at them. It was probably one of the most demoralizing experiences I've had in a while. It made me yeah. feel like very, <laughs> very uncultured and just, just dumb. Yeah. Some of the clues we just didn't understand. We just didn't understand the clues. Yeah. It'd be like H apostrophe seven underscore. We'd be like, hmm. Mm, um, and then the answer was like Tilda Swinton. We'd be like, <laughs> How? <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested in getting into crosswords. Not right now, but I could see myself in the winter maybe getting into them. Okay. But I would like to do them in physical form. Why? Because online, I feel like you'd be more likely to cheat. Hmm. Yeah. And also just, yeah, the texture of it. Like it would be, I think if it was sitting on the coffee table, I'd be more likely to pick it up and do it. You'd put your drink down and accidentally leave one of those little brown rings. Yes, exactly. Um, What am I getting at? Oh, my final category, which is streaming. So I don't listen to music on my phone, really. I listen to records like once a week, maybe. But I just kind of, I used to do it a lot when I would drive when we lived in a rural place. But now when I walk, I usually listen to podcasts, so that's kind of replaced music for me. So streaming for me was about an hour and a half per day, and usually I listen to like a 50-minute podcast every day, and then watch one YouTube video a day, and I didn't watch many movies this week, so that I think also skewed my streaming time, So I only watched like 15 minutes of West Side Story with you, and then like 45 minutes of The Mummy, so <laughs> I... There has definitely have been periods of our lives where I've watched a movie every single night for like months. Yeah, yeah. So I think my streaming has gone down quite a bit because I've committed to not looking at a screen before bed for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that has really improved my sleep quality. But again, in all these categories, I thought there'd be a lot of areas for me to cut. But I was kind of surprised that there's not too much. 
So what's your number? Do you have a screen time or an internet number or oh. an estimate? Yeah, about two and a half hours a day. That's what you want it to be or that's what it is? That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, which is like pretty decent. I would like to reduce the like half an hour, which is my social media time. I was given a hour 35 minutes on the combined screen time of my phone and my laptop. Yeah. But that doesn't include movies, of which I watched five this week. So I think I'm roughly in the same ballpark mm-hmm. as you. Yeah. I was a little surprised because I looked at my pickups. You know how many times you like pick up your phone yes, in the day? Yes. That was too high for me. How much? 71 per day. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this needs to reduce. And it's like 68 of those per day were like a message, like a text message. Mm. So my thought was perhaps in my solo scene version of my life, I would schedule like office hours for replying to text. That's not silly. That's so normal. just like sitting down at like 9 a.m. and then maybe like 6 p.m. and responding to everything. And like that'd be fine, I think. And it would reduce my pickups by quite a lot because every single text I pick it up and then reply immediately. Why? Just because you get kind of left behind sometimes <laughs> when you don't reply, especially in group chats. And also, oftentimes, they're slightly urgent. Like, with my work, they're often, yeah. like, kind of immediate that you need to reply. But I think I could reduce that and just kind of change the expectation within my social circle that I'm not going to reply immediately. Interesting also because you wear a watch. And I yeah. consciously got a watch because I was like, oh, I don't want to keep picking up my phone just for the time. Mm-hmm. But I just don't really wear it. But you do wear it, so I'm yeah, surprised. Yeah, I do. That's I why guess. I was... I imagine it would be much higher if I didn't have my watch. Oh, yeah. That's Probably why I double. got it in the first place, too. But, yeah, overall, I was, like, pleasantly surprised because I thought I was a bit more addicted to the internet than I appeared to be. Maybe it was just a good week. It said my screen time was down, like, 40%. Oh. So maybe I was just, like, busy. Or maybe you were deliberately reducing it for this episode so you seemed <laughs> like you were a bit more enlightened. I wouldn't have said that then. So what's your goal? Goal screen time would be, or like... internet time. Internet time ideally like an hour a day i feel like i could reduce it quite a bit mm. especially if i was a bit more intentional with my socializing next week it. we should do a challenge and not make it the focus of the episode but do a a little report do a report and try and minimize it yeah i think that's a really good idea i think it'd be good i was really when i was preparing for this debating on doing a complete fast for like a few weeks yeah. but because it's how we communicate it's just so hard because well, you can't you can't do it because of as you said, work, etc. Yeah. You can't do a complete fast, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And solo scene even, like we use it for uploading mm-hmm. the videos, the podcast, making the thumbnails, all Yeah, that exactly. A few things I didn't really mention, but it's kind of implied given my personality. I did u- I do use it a lot for like researching things for future podcasting and future recipes and sewing patterns and stuff. I guess I kind of mentioned that in my research area, but there were a couple of days this week where I felt like I spent like two hours doing that. Maybe it wasn't wasn't that intense. Anyway, tell me about yours. Well, I already told you about my combined screen time. I also, I checked my Safari history, which kind of, so we did this from Sunday to Saturday, so it's seven days. Mm-hmm. And the browser history goes by items, which is pretty much anytime you reload a page. Mm-hmm. Not every new search, but like every single Let's say you're clicking through a series of images. Every one of those counts as an item, like on Google Images or something. And I had 1,472 items in Safari for the seven days. Oh, my goodness. Which was a bit depressing. Yeah. So um, only three of those were games of chess, which I was quite proud of. That's impressive. But it's that after the first day of this week, I decided 
I can't play chess mm. in moderation. It's strange because I like to think of myself as quite a disciplined person in other areas, but there's something in chess that's just my absolute kryptonite, <laughs> and I have just written down on my page, addict, exclamation point. <laughs> it is. It's funny because I've known you for seven years, and you go through these cycles of being like, I can't play chess in moderation, and then you try. Yes. And then it's just like... Because in moderation, it seems akin to the person playing the crossword where, oh, this yeah. is a kind of cultured coffee shop morning. Look at him. He's, you know, got like, he's a silver fox. Yeah. And he's quite good at chess. But meanwhile, you're just hunched in the corner <laughs> on game like eight. And you're like, wow. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I think I just get too competitive. Yeah. And most often the the tilts as they're known as like when you keep playing mm-hmm. um, without really thinking like a gambler <laughs> the tilts is when when i when i lose one game especially yeah. if i lose it in a very frustrating manner mm. so th- so this week was will be a bit out of the norm for the past few weeks because the past few weeks as i said i've been addict exclamation point with chess yeah. whereas this week it was very uh very minimal and part of the reason for that was that my sister came to visit which also colors a lot of my internet activity because, mm-hmm. for instance, we were looking a lot more at tickets and opening hours and restaurants and flights and things like that than, mm-hmm. than I would usually be doing. But maybe before we get into it, we can talk about the meme. The meme of the week is... is first world problems. Hashtag first world problems. Yeah. I didn't even make notes on this because it was so... I just read multiple articles about it for some reason and was not not shocked by the response, but it was a very self-aware response to this meme, which is quite old. It took off in 2011, yeah. but had been around since 1976. Mm. Obviously not as a hashtag, but as a sort of joke self-awareness thing yeah so for those of you who don't know first world problems is a hashtag but it also is often associated with a picture of a woman crying there's like a single tear rolling down her face and it would be like first world problems when you order your coffee and they put cow's milk in instead of oat milk or whatever and it's kind of like when parents used to say well the kids are starving in africa like you need to eat your food like they would always say these really like dramatic things dramatic and kind of broad strokes not necessarily Yeah, exactly. And when I was reading about this meme, it was saying it's almost satirical and like edgy in a way because we don't use first world, third world anymore. And we really haven't since the early 2000s. So it's also in a way it's like it said it's mean to everyone. Like this Guardian article I read about it, it was just like it's mean to people who are genuinely suffering in all parts of the world because it's saying Oh, in the first world, like the developed world, the West or whatever, it's saying like we no one's suffering basically, so no one has the right to complain. Yeah. But that's just not true because people are suffering in all parts of the world. Yeah, of course. So it says that. It's also, yeah, then acting like everyone else in the world is obviously always suffering, but it's like people live well everywhere. And Like maybe a more accurate one, but less funny would be something like, spoiled person problems something like that yeah something like that like yeah cause i was gonna say affluent problem no but yeah <laughs> but something that's also like that. a little bit saying that people who are affluent can't suffer because it's like that's almost inhumane because people of all like everyone can suffer it's just you don't have to always put it relatively but it's also just a little bit mean 
to the person if you ever say it to them. And then often it's used in a way to prevent someone saying it to you. Because I feel like probably in the early internet, people would make little tweets about, like, complaining about hashtag first world problems of, like, oh, when the when the broil breaks in your oven, that's a personal <laughs> problem that we have. Yeah. But, and then you would put hashtag first world problems, then no one would then say, oh, boohoo, poor you. Because I feel like that's a common response right, when so people you, make. You're, you're, you're prefacing any criticism, like, you're owning it yourself. Yeah. I say, yes, I had a first world problem when we went to the movies and... You said, do you want any snacks? And I was like, sure, get me anything. <laughs> you bought me like this bar of, it was like vegan coconut chocolate. And I was like, come on. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, okay, that was a bit picky of me. So, well, yeah, then you went through your rating of chocolates and I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Um, not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but Or interesting. Yeah, that was the meme of the week. It's... I feel like it's pretty relevant to what we're talking about because all yeah. of this is hashtag first world problems. Like at least we have jobs and all of this lovely stuff. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I still think it's very serious though. But I, That's I the thing. You. That's why I liked <clears throat> how this meme was interpreted over the years as like not just saying everything's frivolous that we're going to talk about on this podcast. It's like it does matter because there's a lot of people who the internet hinders. Speaking of people using the internet... Can you guess on average how much a study I read says that people on average use the internet? 25 hours. Yeah, exactly. It said on average six point or six hours and 35 minutes per day. It was like of internet users, not necessarily children or people who don't have access, but just like on average, that's yeah. the estimated amount of time that adults use the internet. And it was... Kind of surprising to me, but also, like, I guess people use it for work for eight hours a day. Yeah, that's shocking, depressing, and maybe a little bit unbelievable to me. I can imagine it's hard to quantify, though. Mm -hmm. But also, maybe not that out of the ordinary, because I remember when we watched that Jubilee video about ranking teenagers' use of social media. Yeah, it was like nine hours. And I think the average stuff. was somewhere between six and seven hours or something like that. Yeah. So, although I just thought, wow, these are six weird California screen-timey kids. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's a pervasive issue. Yeah, it would also, when I was reading this study, saying the recommended internet use for adults outside of work. So it's like you can use it for eight hours for work, but the recommended dose outside of that is still two hours, which was kind of surprising to me. And it was like, and then if you reduce your hours to two, use all that extra time for exercise. <laughs> I was like... It just doesn't make sense that they would acknowledge outside of work. Yeah. It's like saying, well, your, rec your recommended um, sugar intake outside of if you spend eight hours eating skittles is 20 grams but it's yeah. like but those skittles surely they matter <laughs> quite a bit it's like why would we just ignore those mm -hmm. so anyway my week on the internet i also broke it down into categories i guess it's rather dull so i'll start with the most interesting part which is the movies i watched okay there were five movies you already mentioned the mummy and west side story and there was also a documentary i watched called my best fiend which was about the working relationship between Werner Herzog and Klaus Kinski on their movies in the 70s and 80s, I think. And I watched a Coldplay documentary. And yesterday we watched a movie in the cinemas, the only one we watched in the cinemas, called Scarlet, which was a French movie that came out last year. So four of those movies I watched on streaming at home. One of them we watched at the cinema, but mm. I only found out about it through the internet. Mm. Initially, only found out about the screening also through the internet. Mm -hmm. So it's still very kind of internet heavy. My solo theme perspective on this is that 
I have already kind of recently made a deliberate shift towards watching movies that I think I will like. When I went through the realization that something like the last 10 movies I watched were all just ones that I didn't even think I would really like before I watched Mm -hmm. them. I was just kind of watching to watch. So I think all the films I watched this week were engaging, which I liked. Only two of them I watched by myself. So that was that was something. And um, in the solo scene, I think watching movies around other people is always nice, usually nicer. And also maybe taking a bit more time to properly process these things or respond to them, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. So maybe for me, that would mean like three or four a week rather than five. Yeah, like having a day in between to digest. Because during the time we were watching a movie a day, we really, we watched like a lot of good movies. It was when we first moved to Montreal. But it was like, you just watch best film, best film, best film, and then not really have a chance to learn anything from it. Well, everyone has a different kind of speed of engaging with these things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I wasn't really, similar to chess, like it wasn't, the worst week with regards to movies. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of good. Yeah. And you mentioned music. I don't either listen to songs, let's say. I think I listened to like 15 minutes of songs, Max, and it was after I watched the Coldplay documentary, and I was like, I got to jam to some of these. (laughs) Um, Big Coldplay fans here at Solocene. Yes. Solocene recommends Coldplay. Coldplay. (laughs) I don't know why they became the butt of the joke. You know what I mean? I I think think it's just because everyone liked them at a time. What's wrong with that? (laughs) I feel like we should praise that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't really listen to songs, but I, my estimate is I probably spent about six hours listening to instrumental or soundtrack compilations, either on YouTube or on Apple Music Classical, mm-hmm. because that's what I do, one, when I write, and two, when I'm doing some kind of menial work on the laptop, for instance, like typing things mm-hmm. or, I don't know, banking, just like yeah. lame stuff I, or shopping. Like I like doing... I like to at least some somehow decorate those dull times with music. Mm-hmm. And I think in the solo scene, a nicer version of this is listening to records, yeah. which I mentioned to you yesterday. I really liked doing, I never liked before because I was like, oh, that's hipster garbage. <laughs> but I liked the fact that there's no pausing. I know you can pause, but you don't really, or there's no skipping. And it really encourages you to listen to the whole thing from front to back, mm-hmm. which I think is a very solo scene principle. Yeah. And it, Obviously, the fact that you would own a record rather than just searching for an album online, you grow familiar with the music in Mm -hmm. a nice way, I think. Yeah, exactly. I like when you listen to a record, you kind of get to know the transitions, like the exact amount of time that pauses in between the songs and stuff like that. Because some of my records I've owned for like almost 10 years, like I got my record player in 2014 Mm. and I've had some of the records since then. So it's like I know them like I know an old friend. Do you want to tell the <laughs> listeners what's the record you can see at the front of the pile right now? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron recently we were at the thrift store and he bought this record called Hawaiian Magic. By Ken Griffin. And it's kind of like, it sounds like Spongebob. Well, I thought it would sound like the Spongebob score, like very Aloha, and it would make me want to, it would make me want to be on the beach. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's not that nice. So, it's been more carnival. Yeah, yeah, it's very carnival. So I don't really recommend that one. Yeah. But anyway, with music, I was like, this is probably fine. I think in the solo scene, we are more comfortable with silence. Yeah. For myself, I would love to be better at zoning out the ambient sounds of, let's say, sitting in a library or even at home mm-hmm. or listening to the sounds of the streets. I would rather be able to focus on something 
just through my own power of concentration rather than relying on headphones, mm -hmm. I'd say, but that's something that we should all be working on and I'm working on. Okay, probably the most damning, or as you would put, rid, mm -hmm. is the YouTube videos. Okay. I think I said on a previous episode, like, hi, my name is Aaron and I'm addicted to YouTube or something like that. I feel like you have said that. I've yes. definitely, I've definitely come a long way deliberately in minimizing the trash YouTube, but mm -hmm. I still estimate that I've spent upwards of like 30 to 40 minutes a day just with nonsense YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And the two areas I've identified where this most often is a blight is while I eat and before I go to sleep. And mm -hmm. I was looking it up, obviously it's hard to find data on this because there's never any studies on important things. And it's not that rare a thing, I think, that people fall asleep watching YouTube videos and that it becomes a crutch by which they can't fall asleep without watching YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't even count in ASMR because I don't even want to want to touch that today. Maybe on another, maybe next week we can talk about ASMR. Yeah. But I just think, yeah, using it as something to numb the brain during dull moments or to fall asleep to that's it's just so obviously unhealthy mm -hmm. and not right so that's something to uh in the solo scene isn't the case yeah something else i was watching on youtube this week was following like video game announcements because every june roughly or every summer there is a kind of festival of something like keynote compilations of upcoming trailers by different video game companies and i don't think this is that bad because i don't like I'm not like glued to the screen like some people are, I think, during these weeks. I just mm -hmm. like watching the presentations, which are usually an hour or less. And it's something that I'm genuinely kind of engaged with. And I like to follow and I find it sometimes inspiring and usually thought provoking. So I, I don't think that's that bad, for one thing. Yeah, it seems intentional. Like intentional, last week yes, was yes. also the, the Norway Chess Championship. Is that what it's called? And obviously, I'm randomly into chess now on top of you because yeah. <laughs> Aaron influences me too much. But we were both watching just kind of chess games in the background of our morning routine. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, we're not glued to the screen. And it's also like this only happens once a year yeah. or like twice a year that there's big chess championships. I think engagement is kind of my word of the week because there was also a moment one evening where I was, or one night, it was probably like 10.30 p.m. when you were already asleep and I was like, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park 2. I've never seen that. <laughs> But then as it was loading, I did a conscious no. Because <laughs> I was like, this is, there's no engagement here. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not intentional, as you would say. Mm -hmm. On Google, throwback or shout out to the 1,472 items in my Safari history, <laughs> I had a few tabs open just all week. And I thought this was quite a, a telling thing. So one of them was just a Google search for the Norwegian painter called Hans Dahl. Mm -hmm. Shout out. Also, Ocean recommends him as well because his landscapes are, are very beautiful. One of them was a Google search I did that never I never like finished for Percy Jackson series, <laughs> Disney, because I just remembered that. And I was like, oh, yeah. right. Disney's making the Percy Jackson series. I want to read up on that. Also, some highlights through the searches. There was one for the word panthotic, which <laughs> I don't know what that word means, which is a bit of a shame because I have been deliberately growing my vocabulary through flashcards. Mm -hmm. But this one is just kind of sitting in my Google searches. And there's something to that. The fact that when you're online... You're rarely learning. You're more just kind of borrowing the information. It's mm -hmm. lending it to you, but maybe because it's so easy and there's no repetition and it's so quick, it doesn't properly, you know, form mm -hmm. a part of you. And another one was for a man called Bernard McFadden. <laughs> and this is maybe a bit of a deep cut, 
he was some kind of wellness influencer influencer in our American bodybuilding history, famous for um, promoting an all milk diet mm-hmm. and various other kind of esoteric health beliefs. And I thought this one was interesting because while it is ostensibly just one of my normal random Google searches that I don't remember, this one I have remembered and I probably will remember. And the reason for that is that you and I were searching it together. Mm-hmm. Like we were reading about it together. Whereas if I was by myself, there would have been no commentary and jokes and like, oh, look at this. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good illustration that everything in your memory is multiplied and magnified when you share it with other people. That's really true. I often search translations because we live in a Quebec, in a Quebec, we live in a French city. So I'll either translate something before I say it or translate something that I've read and almost immediately drop it unless I use it, use it or lose it, as my mom always says, but, and everyone's mom probably always says, but (laughs) I think, yeah, trying to make more of a conscious effort to when you search something, even just like saying it out loud would yeah, probably or, or help. talking to yourself, sure. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, sharing it with people would also magnify it quite a bit. I check the weather sometimes, probably five out of the seven days, which is something that I'm really trying not to do. Mm-hmm. I think I only did it because I was with somebody. I was with my younger sister. So yeah. it's like, if we get caught in the rain, I'll feel guilty here. Whereas <laughs> if it's by myself, I deliberately like going out into the unknown, as Elsa would say. So I think in yeah. the solo scene... We all have this magic ability to read the skies. I really wish we could regain that if we ever really had it. I want yeah. us to be wizards in that regard. Um, something else I have to do every week online is apply for shifts for my job, mm-hmm. which beside that I just wrote, ugh, U-G-H, <laughs> period. We already talked a bit about the kind of logistics stuff, maps, movie tickets, other tickets, opening hours, flights. I think it would be silly to say, oh, flights, we should go back to having to call or something yeah. like that. Like That's just... That's probably just better because of the mm-hmm. internet. Actually, my sister almost missed her flight, but the internet saved us in that regard. Yeah. So that was something on the topic of maps and transit, because we take the metro and the bus somewhat regularly. I was thinking about how cool it is that for the metro, the map is so simple and mm. memorizable. And just the structure of it is that you could go to any metro station and you don't really need to check a map because those are always in most cities close by and Mm -hmm. you can just see them outlined on the street go down there and everything's in paper on the wall and it's in bright colors and it's Mm -hmm. very easy to understand and you can probably get to everywhere from anywhere on that map whereas with buses i don't know what i would do if i didn't have the the phone app because that's just almost impossible to memorize (laughs) very unintuitive so i think if we could somehow metro metroify buses Making the numbers make sense. Yeah, making the numbers make sense. Maybe having the schedule and the map on the bus station, like for some reason they don't have anymore, mm-hmm. which is just so crucial. Yeah. I, I just, I'm having a flashback to being in Rome and seeing they had a map with all the buses, trains, metros, just everything all on one map. And it yeah. was just the most confusing thing I've ever seen in my life. Because we're like, we know where we're going and we know where we are. Yeah. But there were just like 18 tiny lines. And it's yeah. like, couldn't somebody have made this a little Well, I'm not saying it's an easy logical. thing to do. But I'm saying it's a so-assumed endeavor worth, yeah. worth doing. Shopping. I did some online shopping. Mm-hmm. I bought a camping stove and I bought some sandals. Yeah. And I really despised doing this. Checking the history, I saw that I spent about one and a half hours looking for sandals. Ooh. Yeah. That just, it makes you feel bad. Yeah. 
I had a note that I think there'd be no first-hand shopping online, but I like online as a second-hand marketplace. Your Poshmarks, your Etsy's. <laughs> More just like the local stuff. Oh, I think there should be no shipping. Your Facebook marketplace. No shipping. Yeah, because I bought a Slack line online, and it was just so easy. I just searched it, saw the cheapest one, then messaged the person that I'm coming to get yes, it, basically. Yes, um, and then there was no... I don't like the shipping. The shipping feels bad for the planet and bad for our brains because it's like Christmas in a way. I just despise <laughs> online shopping. I yeah. think it's it's not nice. It's yeah. never nice. Um, and I hate it the more I do it. And I think material shopping should, for the most part, be material. Yeah. I mean, there are pros, though. We talked about this in another episode about online shopping because you can find things that you wouldn't find in real life, but it's also a a feedback loop where the mm-hmm. more you online shop, the less things you will find in real life. So mm-hmm. in the solo scene, that's that. Also, I, I had a note about a specific rabbit hole I went through, which was quite interesting on Google. If you recall my idea for the solo scene search engine, do you remember what it was called? It was called like Leap something. Ribbit. Ribbit. And so I thought it could visualize these for you and call them ribbit holes mm-hmm. so that you could be aware of these in real time. As it is, I don't think any of the search engines do this. So maybe a useful practice for people who spend a lot of time on Google, like I do just searching random stuff, would be some kind of weekly review review where you look back on it and say, that was crazy how I got from there to there. and Why did I do that? And how much of it do I even remember? Mm. So one was we were looking for a restaurant and you recommended some. And so I searched one into Google to check the menu and everything. Mm-hmm. I found an article about it on Montreal's best restaurants or something. I clicked what the author had also written on this because I liked the writing style. I found that they were a journalist student who had written for the McGill Tribune, McGill being Montreal's biggest university. Mm -hmm. And so I clicked on that and went on this archive of the website from like 2019 or 2020. (laughs) And from there, found an article about the McGill Fight Club, the the shortwave McGill Fight Club, Mm -hmm. the infamous. And I read about that for about 15 minutes. Wow. So it's like... You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't think curiosity is all bad. But yeah. I just think in the solo scene, we are more present and more aware and we maybe don't lose ourselves down these rivet holes mm-hmm. or something. And you're engaging. That's the word for it. Yeah. Rivet holes. That's nice. It works. Yeah. Um, emails, messaging, did that. I just think that's like whatever. Next week, maybe we could talk about professional usages of the internet, where it's necessary, where it maybe oversteps its welcome, QR codes in restaurants, yeah. etc. And that's it. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have an internetless week and we'll see you next week.